All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. I'm Matt Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. It's episode number 58, 58, I, I believe, folks. So, uh, yeah, we're trucking right along. It's a new year. We're here to bring you more cheer. Uh, sun's up. Market's up. Yeah. Seems like the pal pudding's tasting pretty good to this market right now. Pal's got his put in. <laughs> well, I said pudding, man. Pudding. Pudding. He's making pudding? Dude, it's like that like chocolatey good pudding, dude. Awesome. <laughs> you know, constant spoonfuls of no hikes and uh, you know, everything's gonna be okay. So uh, you know, uh Theresa May's got some problems. Yeah, man, she's on the firing line. Dude. Meaning going to get as fired. As we speak right now. At uh, this moment. They are uh deciding her fate. Will she continue to be the prime minister or not of Great Britain, and what happens to Brexit here, nobody knows. Professor Matt, what's your call? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's there's no Brexit whatsoever at this point. What about Tariq? We already know that. I mean, Brexit, honestly, second referendum, or they're just going to do away with it? No, I think, I think, that's, I think there could I be think a, that's, a that's, second referendum. Yeah, you know, that's kind of no, cooked no into the books. Yeah, I think so. What, I, do you think, do you think uh, Terry gets to keep her job? Theresa May? Yes. I don't know. She might. She's a nice lady, you know. Yeah. They might keep her in. Nobody really wants that job right now anyway, yeah, from what I hear. Nobody's really <laughs> stepped up. Who would want that you know, job? J- Jeremy Corbyn was like, dude, I want it. I want to be the man. And then he's like, nah, not so fast, my friends. No, no, I, don't no. want that. I don't want that job. So, uh, you know you know what? Uh, uh, there's been a lot of news in the last couple of weeks. Brexit's been a big one, right? Uh, last week... Uh, or earlier this week, whatever. I, I don't know, man. Some news, you know, coming out of China. Uh, I'd like to get your, your thoughts on this, Don. I mean, Chinese exports fell 4.4% from a year earlier. Imports also contracted uh, uh, 7.6%. Uh, so China said the uh, trade surplus also with the United States was up 17%. Uh, in 2018, it was the highest figure ever recorded. Don, what, like, what, what do we make of these numbers here? So, is listen, this good, bad, listen, ugly? I, like, what's, tell I, me. I had Talk ju- to me. I, I read a couple of days ago that November, they don't have December yet. November, uh, by itself, uh, contracted uh, on the export side for China, seven point six percent. Oh my goodness! I just said that. Well, that's a lot. I just said that. And you know. Um, that number for the uh, largest trade deficit with the United States ever, there's another Donald besides myself that will really have a big problem with that. Mm-hmm. It's President Trump, right? Right. So he's trying- The Donald. You're not the Donald. The Donald. No, I he's, am not. He's the Donald. He is, for sure. So uh, one of the things that he is trying to do- uh, And, and with, if you asked him, you know, he is the Donald, he's the greatest Donald ever, and there are uh, no other Donalds. That's Okay. Okay. I don't I don't Except need- for maybe McDonald's, which they served Clemson uh, at the White House or something like that yesterday when they went for the national championship visit. 
Because everybody's furloughed, man. They have no cooks and chefs at the White House. They have no chefs. You right, know. so they ordered, no five ordered star, out fast food. No five-star chefs. Let's do okay, some so Mac. Back, back to China. Let's go do back some Mickey D, baby. Back to China. Yeah. So China's got some problems. Their growth is slowing uh, since they're the second largest, uh, possibly the largest economy in the world, certainly uh, the largest export economy in the world. That is not so good. If you think about it, China itself has a problem. The entire world's GDP is slowing. Mm -hmm. That has not really weighed on U.S. consumers' uh, spending uh, really negatively. Oh, not yet. so not so fast, my friends. Goldman I, this morning came out with an article that you know the wealthy are starting to slow their spending, and based on that subsegment of consumer spending, it could take about a half a percentage point off GDP this year. Gotta buy me a boat. And uh, well, a truck to pull it. Well, they aren't buying boats and they aren't buying trucks to pull it. So moment, apparently, if, Goldman. if the U.S. consumer, which is the strongest cons consuming nation right now in the world, still, still, uh, Europe is uh, really slowing. The, on the UK consumption had side. abominable figures yes, coming out really of the holiday bad. season. Really so bad. this compounds, you know, China's export problem because, you know, the vast majority, like 90 percent of their economy that's real, real not being produced is, is by government stuff, spending. Making stuff for people. Yeah, exporting to people. Stuff. They have a very small, uh, you know, domestic-based consumption uh, for GDP-supported mm -hmm. growth. So, you know, they've got a big problem, and I think that China continues to slow. You know, the uh, central bank in China um, <clears throat> is trying to do everything they can to promote uh, spending. They're doing some QE over there. They reduced the bank... Uh, uh, requirements uh, significantly about once a week. <laughs> they lower right. their bank requirements for for uh, th so that the banks can lend more money. You, you and, need money, you got it. Exactly. So anybody who's willing to borrow anything, please lend it to them, and we'll worry about that later. Man, maybe we should go sign up. No. You know, you, would they give us some money? Oh, somebody would tell... Uh, we're we're somehow colluding with China because we went and borrowed money there. So I mean, hey, come on. So let's 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 switch uh, gears from uh, China, which is a problem. You don't like it. It could weigh on markets here. You're thinking, correct? Yes, no, maybe. Yeah, so. no. I think I think China. You know, the thing that the market is floating on again is hope. You know, so we have this excessive optimism based on uh, the Fed and central banks put. You know, Europe's got a big problem. I mean, Germany, the strongest economy in Europe, is is sliding. Is in recession. It's not in recession. Oh, yeah. I'm calling it right now. You're calling it. This okay. Is, this, this is. You're calling recession for Germany. This is a dividend doctor calling a recession right now before the economists do. Well, Italy's already in a recession. Yeah. So it's not and a France, far stretch. And France is sliding. But the, the, the big thing is, is that Germany's the strongest economy. And they got a problem, you know, in uh, October, the first month of the final quarter of the year, October, they uh, their, their uh, economy contracted GDP growth fell by 0.9%. Yeah, and factory orders nine -tenths were, of a percent. were abysmal and all kinds of good right? stuff. And right, and then in the second quarter, d December's not out yet, I'm sorry, the second month, which is November, down 1.9%. So we went from 0.9 down to 1.9. And so unless there's a blockbuster recovery... In GDP growth, trust me, three months in a row, that's negative. That's recession. Okay. Okay. So, so I expect December not to be much better, if at all. Could be worse. I think the surprise number is to the downside, unfortunately. So, so look, not, I, on, I, I, not on the I, upside. I said we're going we're to, it's a new year. We're going to bring you some cheer. Cheer. Not, not, Yay! 
let's cheer. Not quite yet. Let's cheer. Sorry. Hey, market's going no, up. No, 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 Sun's no, no. up. Market's Hold up. up. Oh Hold man. Up. Housing. Let's cheer. Housing is not up, right? I According, thought you were going to bring some cheer. Not yet. I'm almost there. Stop we're getting close. giving us the negative we data mean, that supports a contraction and slowing in the U.S. and the rest of the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. And not, the market isn't doesn't care. It's going up, baby. Because I, the central bankers around the world can't let the the uh, pal pudding taste good. Yes, I got it. Just exactly. give me give me give me one second though. Okay. All right. We'll talk about why we think the market could move a little bit higher here, maybe before it moves, you know, lower. Uh, but anyway, give me a second. Housing, United States, according to Redfin, median home prices rose to 289800 in December, a gain of 1.2%. By the way, that's the slowest monthly pace uh, for uh, growth in home prices since March of 2012. Right. We've been averaging, you know, closer to 5% than uh, 1%. So there's a pretty big slowdown there. Go ahead. Yep. Sales dropped in December by almost 11%, the biggest decline for any month Ouch. since 2016. Ouch. So, you know, housing prices aren't up. Uh, December rates dropped significantly, by the way. So we'll see how this starts off the new year. Doc. Let's hope for a rebound. Hey, Doc. <laughs> Cheer. Uh, dude. Yep. Is this signaling more pain to come for the market? Hey, listen, you know, uh, one thing I learned. So uh, like a leading indicator. In 2014 in December, you know, earnings started to slide. Revenue started to slide. That's usually a bad situation. Markets typically will follow earnings and revenue. If they're rising, market prices go up. If they're declining, market prices go down. You know, because the Fed had a put in back then in 2015 and 16, markets just kept going up in the face of, you know, this uh, really large and gnarly earnings recession we had didn't care people were like don't worry about it the feds got our back they got the put in you know back then it was the bernanke put then the yellen put you know mm -hmm. uh now we got the Powell put mm -hmm. and central bankers around the world mario draghi says this morning <laughs> hey man don't worry so much it's gonna be okay you know european shares you know are looking for some port uh, from the central bank, uh, ECB president Mario Draghi eased uh, recession concerns this morning. Made a uh, you know a big uh, dis uh, had a big uh, discussion. You know, uh, came out and like the Fed is doing, it's jawboning. He's jawboning the European economy and markets uh, as high as he can. Uh, so you know you've got this Fed put basically, or the central banks put, and that is allowing the markets to continue to go up. Now people. People who are listening, I hope, understand that there is pretty pervasive evidence in the weakening data sets, both globally and domestically, that should be giving you significant cause for concern because risk of rising markets is increasing, meaning yes. that, you know, that's a smaller percentage probability that this thing continues to go up. I still think we're going to get, you know, a uh, first quarter uh, sell-off in the markets that'll uh, essentially retest the lows from December, um, give back the gains that the market has made over the last couple of three weeks. And um, then once we get a little bit uh, lower, we have, uh, you know, better value and the Fed actually, 
you know, continues to um, moderate their stance and says, you know, interest rate hikes are over for right now, folks. Yes. Maybe we're going to have to cut rates. Then you're going to see markets, uh, you know, maybe trend higher. So going along with your theory here, right, uh, the $2.3 billion pro shares short S&P 500 ETF about two weeks ago brought in $380 million. It was the biggest weekly inflow since 2010. So, so the short the shorts are betting that the market's going to go down. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's that's one thing. And then, you know, you look at another thing here that was really interesting that I saw the other day was that uh, companies, right, have been very tight on the purse strings recently. Not one company under investment grade has issued bonds since November of last year. That's the longest streak in the last two decades. It's been 41 days since the sale of a new junk bond issue. It's the longest period since 1995. Um, So, you know, December uh, was the first month since 08 without a a junk bond sale. Can you believe that? Mm -hmm. So is that signaling to you that companies uh, are really worried about being able to pay back future obligations at some point? So, you know, the institutional investors thats who are, are using that uh, short fund that you were talking about, mm-hmm. institutional investors are concerned about market downside. You know, corporations themselves, which are the companies that drive, you know, uh, decisions on spending and earnings and all that kind of good stuff are, you know, uh, essentially checking their bet. They're concerned about, you know, uh, uh, well, we said confidence in, last week in the business cycle. Capital expenditures is like nil. And, you know, we hope that the markets, uh, you know, the bull market returns. And then, you know, today, you know, they're talking about uh, dovish central banks are, are uh, dovish all around the world. And China's adding stimulus. And that's going to assure a rebound, according to the head of decision economics. And, you know, I hope he's right. I just don't believe it. Um, we'll see. Our job is to make sure that we're not on the wrong side of a big price reversion to the downside by getting fully invested and then uh, participating now, too fully in losses. The, so, uh, you know, we're, we're, we have a, uh, we're skeptical. And the actively managed process at the moment, fundamentals are pretty good. The thing that's held us out, um, you know, so far this year. Well, has, we, has we, raised, really been, we raised a lot of cash, but, you know, we've been buying back really in. It's really been momentum. We've been buying back in a little bit because yep. uh, price trends have uh, become a little bit more favorable in the last couple of weeks um so we're getting back in a little bit but at the same time um you know uh, market internals are just so so some companies are doing okay some other companies are getting beat up so um you know that's signaling uh, a little uh weakness what lies beneath you know um well i continue to say that this is smoke and mirrors you know here we go again we've got you know uh central bankers you know, promoting uh, the asset bubble to stay intact and asset uh, prices to move higher. And if you realize that the central bankers have, uh, you know, invested uh, trillions and trillions and trillions, probably 20, 30 trillion dollars around the world, all central bankers combined in promoting these asset bubbles so that the consumer, you know, that is local uh, in their economy would continue to spend money because they feel wealthier because asset prices are going up. They cannot let that bubble burst. They're willing to do anything 
to prevent that from happening. That's why we saw, you know, Powell do, you know, a flip flop, a complete reversal from saying that, you know, I can, we can continue to raise rates, you know, because the economy's so strong for kind of ever. And this is all really great and everything. And then a month later, he's saying, you know, I think we're we reach neutral on the interest rates and uh, we're not going to raise rates any higher. And, you know, he's basically saying to the markets, calm down, don't fall. We've seen a big enough decline. I need asset prices to stay up so consumers stay in the game. Yep. So. Uh, and he's, huh. he's pretty desperate. So are the rest of the Fed members. Last week, we had a record number out there, 9, 10, 11 Fed members, all of them, you know, promoting. One day, promoting. Uh, one hey, day. We're going to be okay. Right. Promoting this wonderful, dovish Goldilocks story. And the market was up that day. The next day, no one from the Fed spoke. The market was pretty much down that day. So, you know, they're trying to support this they thing. Sure and, are. you know, we hope it goes up. But, you know, uh, we get paid to be careful. Yeah. So speaking of that, right, we're going to talk about earnings when we get back here in just a moment. And also you've got a new, well, not new, let's call it updated technology, a new uh, exciting expanded offering in the uh, trend and momentum space in terms of SMAs. So, yeah, man. Allow like, us to participate more in these wonderful Fed engineered bull markets. It's awesome. All right. So we'll be right back. At WBI, our goals are simple. We build outcome-oriented investment solutions to reduce loss and maximize return. We want to grow the largest capital base possible so you can achieve your goals. Call us today at 800-772-5810 to find out how we can help you and your clients be successful. So we're back here. Uh, follow us everywhere on Twitter, Bull Bear Radio, WBI President, WBI CEO, WBI Investments. You can catch us on LinkedIn. We got great information everywhere. So look, trying to have a little fun, trying to help people invest better, more successfully, and we need your help to do it. You've got to tell people about our podcast. Okay. So speaking of trying to help people invest more successfully. Yeah, man. Keyword in my life's missing. We, we are mission. We're we're trying to do it. Yes, um, you know. So uh, we recently tuned up. We we've been utilizing a equity model for you know over two decades, almost three decades, maybe longer. It's it has an inception of um, you know uh, 92, 93, somewhere in that range where we, we had an equity model that was tracking a value oriented index and due to an indexing craze, right. And wanting to be in the S and P 500 or the Russell 2000, Don, you and the team recently repointed, um, the, uh, equity model and our bond model to, you know, try and gain exposures that, that clients, you know, today, instead of, you know, two decades ago, really, we're looking for today, like S&P 500. Um, yeah, we're take, trying to take advantage of, you know, a low cost ETF passive indexing approach and uh, use our active risk and return management system with, um, you know, uh, models, trend, trend following models that we have been using in our management system very effectively to give us risk on and off signals for, you know, just about three decades. Bull and bear. And, and, and so underlying in the model, it takes into account macroeconomic conditions and also, you know, technical trends, momentum, right? Sure. Price, so, price momentum, 
earnings momentum, all of those good things. So the, the team went back, took a look at the, the old model, made some adjustments, uh, made some enhancements, a little stronger signal in our opinion. Um, and, uh, you know, we've launched a, a series to give uh, investors exposures to large cap uh, all in large cap when fully invested. When the signal goes off, it goes to short term U.S. Treasuries uh, or uh, you can have large cap and it'll go to our bond model, which dictates duration and credit quality. So you can um, combine you can you can do equity only or you can do a combination of equity, equity and, bond. and bond. And we right. have models for both the equity and the bond side, which will give you the right place to be according to the model. So you have that for large cap. You also have that for small and mid cap, um, two variants of each. And then one that just runs US on, on U.S. fixed income, essentially, to give you the right duration and, and type of bond. And last year, these things did pretty good, right? Um, so uh, of course, typically before... Th- Typically, before we launch a new strategy, we um, uh, are required by uh, the, the, you know, the folks where we do business uh, to uh, have at least a year real live performance. And so uh, our performance from last year before we decided, as we decided to roll out this product is really pretty stunning. Now, past performance is not indicative of future results. You know, but this is what the the strategies did net of fees last year. So uh, our our WBI bull bear trend switch US one thousand, which is invested in large cap, uh, when when fully invested, was up six point nine seven percent. The variant that's the variant that goes to short term US Treasuries when it goes out. It did last year. It was up six point nine seven percent net of fees. Now. Uh, U.S. 1000 bond, we call it WBI bull bear uh, trend switch U.S. 1000. When it does go from large cap equities, it goes into U.S. fixed income. That was up 13.2 percent net of fees last year. And last year was a tough year. I mean, generating this kind of performance uh, last year was really, really difficult. Uh, for you know the investment management committee to do, we're very excited about this. They've been good, uh, reliable uh, performance indicators for us, and we think with the improvements that we made, these are pretty stunning. And you know, we hope that investors uh, find them to be, uh, you know, really useful in their strategies. Um, we also have the uh, trend, yeah. trend switch small and mid cap side, which right. is the, so the two thousand. We call it U.S. bull bear trend switch U.S. two thousand. That's the one that goes again to U.S. Ter- uh, short-term treasuries when it goes to risk off. was up 5.63% last year. And um, U.S. bull bear trend switch, U.S. 2000, which goes to, again, bond, which goes to fixed income, was up 8.61% net of fee. Now, for on the large cap side, the S&P 500 was down with dividends, 4.38% for the year. Russell 2000 was down 11.01%. And uh, the bond variant, which is U.S. trend switch, U.S. bond, was up 7.38%. It was incepted in 2018 last year. The exciting thing is that, you know, as I said, last year was a tough place to find positive return. Um, You know, almost all uh, investment opportunities and industry sectors posted negative returns last year. 90% of asset classes, as we said last week. Yeah, so, you know... uh, 
the small and mid cap area as an example. Uh, the, the indexes that represent you know small and mid cap U.S. equity uh, really uh, were down quite um, uh, quite a bear bit. market territory for uh, yeah. Russell two thousand. You know, S and P touched it down nineteen and change uh, from peak to trough. And you know, the the objective of all of these uh, trend uh, switch models are to try to um, be positioned in a low risk cash like position when the markets are falling apart and investors would be losing a lot of money, essentially, you know, lose the least amount possible. And when the markets are in a bull trend, that's to get why, a, that's why a they're called bull that. bear. Right. In a bear trend, we'd like to be cash like in a bull trend. You know, um, if the models were working appropriately, we'd like to be uh, pretty fully invested. You know, I've been doing this for uh, since 1981. That's uh, a pretty long time coming up on 39 years. And, um, you know, uh, investors, myself included, uh, I want all the up market and none of the down market. These um, strategies are designed to get as close to that kind of approach as you possibly can. There is no perfection out there, but, you know, we can do a very good job for people. And these are an exciting diversification of our management system approach. You know, we have had for a very long period of time active risk management on the individual security level using, um, you know, a dynamic risk management program. This is a different um, approach to trying to provide the same kind of low risk outcomes that we've done before. So uh, we think these are going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. So uh, just to wrap the podcast up here and kind of a preview for next week as we get more data in here, there's almost 200 companies in the S&P 500 that will report this week. Right. Um, so far with 37 reporting. Okay. We've got uh, revenue growth of 7.38%. 37 companies and earnings growth of 18.3%. There's been a lot of banks report this week. Um, notably, you've had all the big guys, right? Mm -hmm. JP Morgan's, Wells Fargo's, City, so on and so forth. Uh, so with 13 of 68 reporting in that sector and the big boys reporting so far, here's what the numbers look like. Uh, Revenue growth of 1.09%. 1 1%. 1%. Okay. Wow, that's low. And earnings Way growth expected. 17.97%. Which is, which is really pretty strong. So, you know, we're getting uh, earnings growth, but uh, not much revenue growth. There has to be some cost cutting going on. And, and you've seen that across some of the bigger banks and uh, larger uh, financial services companies, which have yet to report, too. So, you know, we're just at the tip of the iceberg here in terms of earnings season. We'll be back next week to give you our, you know, up-to-date thoughts on, on the current earnings season and how that might impact markets. So thanks for listening, and we look forward to, uh, you know, getting back here next week and bringing you another exciting episode of Bull Bear Radio. Right now we got the pal put in. The trend is your friend. Mm, that Have a happy. Good. Have a happy. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. 
Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc. During periods of high market volatility, a significant amount of holdings may be sold, resulting in a large allocation to cash or cash equivalents. At times, market conditions and the particular portfolio strategy may call for an allocation of 100% to cash or cash equivalents. If the portfolio strategy invests all or a substantial portion of its assets in cash or cash equivalents for extended periods of time, including when it's invested for temporary defensive purposes, it could reduce the strategy's potential return as the limited returns of cash or cash equivalents may lag other investment instruments in a strong market.